Brown. Uzama breaks the tackle and takes it in for the touchdown. Oh, he's got Brown. What a catch. Touchdown. Chase. He had him in a blender and he's off to the races. 82 yards. You can kiss him goodbye. A sprint for 46. Sauvage Piron. Let's go in. in the end zone to Michael Pittman for the touchdown. Welcome in, everyone, to the Lucky Shots Podcast. I'm Ricky Larson. Another great week of games, guys. Uh, I, myself, went 11-2 and two, uh, picking the games last week. Uh, had some real real interesting top stories that we will get into uh, right now. You had the Chiefs. They fell to 3-4. and four. Uh, Mahomes, zero touchdowns, 11 turnovers on the season. The Chiefs just aren't looking good. Um, and... You know, they're tied with the Broncos, who are also looking absolutely awful. So, you know, that that division right now, it's the Chargers and it's the Raiders. Uh, we'll have to hopefully see if the Chiefs can make a late run this season. Then you had the Bengals go out and they rout the Ravens 41-17. to Wow. It was incredible. Burrow had 416 yards passing. Uh, and a touchdown. Chase, Jamar Chase on the season has uh, 754 yards, six touchdowns. And now the Bengals are 5-2 and two and sitting atop of the AFC North. Uh, record-wise, they're tied with the Ravens, but because they just beat the Ravens, that's that puts them on top. Then you had the Giants absolutely throttle the Panthers 25-3. to Sam Darnold looked terrible. Uh, it was just not a good game. He only had 111 yards, zero touchdowns, and an interception. The Giants' defense had six sacks, one turnover forced, and only gave up 173 total yards. Uh, I I streamed Sam Darnold for fantasy this week. That didn't really pan out well. Um, and the Panthers just looked not good. They haven't looked good for a while. They fall to three and four as well. And then you got the Patriots, you know, mediocre, kind of, you know, oh, they, they're playing well in some games, not well in others. Well, they absolutely trounced the Jets, 54 to 13. Mac Jones had 307 yards and two touchdowns. Damian Harris had 106 yards and two touchdowns. That improves them to three and four on the season. Uh, and if they continue to play like they did against the Jets, I know it's the Jets, but to score 54 points is absolutely incredible. So Patriots, you know, had a rough year last year with uh, Cam Newton, had a rough start this year, but, uh, you know, it looks like Mac Jones is starting to figure things out and this offense is starting to figure things out. So the Patriots could be somebody to watch out for. So now let's hop into the Thursday night matchup uh, to start off this next week. It's going to be a good one. 6-1 Packers versus the 7-0 Ravens. The Packers won last week 24-10 against Washington. Uh, Their offense this season averages 337 yards per game and 24 points per game. Their defense gives up 331 and 20 points per game. However, they are killing it in the turnover differential plus five there they are number six against the pass on defense 
And Rodgers, since week one, has only thrown one interception and 15 touchdowns. The Packers got it figured out. Everything's looking good. Himself and Devontae Adams are hooking up great. It's looking good. Uh, But this week, Adams more than likely will be out. He was put on the COVID list right after uh, the game on Monday. Or on Sunday, sorry. And uh, so that's one piece that's going to be out in this game, which who's going to step up? You know, you have Randall Cobb. You have Alan Lazard. Uh, Robert Tanyan, you have all those kind of guys. You'll just have to kind of see who is going to step up in that spot. Uh, Last season, it was Robert Tanyan, actually, who, when Adams was out, Tanyan was a big part of this offense. Uh, Granted, Alan Lazard was also out, um, but could see some more deep balls to uh, MVS. Uh, You know, uh, they're looking good, though, and Rodgers is looking like the old Rodgers playing well uh you know this team they don't go out and do all the fancy stuff but they win the games uh even if it looks close yardage wise they're controlling the ball so uh the packers looking pretty good and then you have the cardinals the only undefeated team left still in the league uh they won 31 to 5 against houston yes they did give up a safety uh but still pulled it out, looked great, uh, and beat up a pretty bad Houston team. Their offense averages 402 yards per game and 32 points per game. That's absolutely incredible. Those are elite numbers. If your offense is putting up that many points, that many yards, it's going to be hard for other teams to keep pace with you. Uh, And then when you have your defense only giving up 316 and 16 points per game, and giving you a plus eight turnover differential. Uh, that's fantastic. They are third against the pass as well. Uh, and then Kyler Murray, uh, 304 yards per game this season. Uh, he's doing it on the through the air, on the ground, uh, himself and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, sorry, uh, are both starting to get on the same page. He finally gets a really good tight end, honestly, in Zach Ertz uh, from Philadelphia. Immediately makes an impact this week. Uh, So now going in against the Packers, they've got all their weapons. They're looking strong. The Packers missing Devontae Adams could be a problem. Uh, They do have a lot of other pieces, though. But with the Cardinals' defense, you know, that plus eight turnover differential is huge. They're third against the pass, which if Rodgers doesn't have his primary target, that's going to be really tough to beat a defense that's that good against the pass. Uh, so, you know, it's it's looking like it's going to trend up uh, to be Arizona's week. But on Thursday night, anything can happen, and it's a really good Packers team, a really good Arizona team. This one's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Then we hop over into Sunday morning where we have Carolina and Atlanta. Uh, Carolina, like we talked about earlier, lost 25-3 against the New York Giants. That makes it four losses in a row. And through those four games, they only averaged 281 yards per game, 19 points, and they have nine total turnovers. Uh, One of the big contributing factors to that is Sam Darnold only averaging 199 yards per game and has seven of those nine turnovers for his team. 
starting to look like he's reverting back to what he was with the Jets, which is not a good sign. Uh, you know, you had those first three games this year. You're like, okay, you know, he's looking really good. This is a good change for him. Uh, no more Adam Gase. He's going to be fine. These last four games, it's not looking like he's going to be fine. Uh, and, you know, you can't really fault the defense all that much uh, because if he's turning the ball over that much, they're going to be out on the field a lot. But they're giving up 394 yards per game, 29 points per game, and only themselves forcing three turnovers. Uh, you know, if your offense is making or, or, you know, creating their own turnovers and then you cannot also return those back, uh, it's going to be kind of hard for you guys to win games. Then you look at Atlanta. Uh, they won 30-28 to against Miami. That makes it their second win in a row. And in both those wins, they have 57 total points and 847 total yards. They're looking really good these last two weeks. Um, one of those contributing factors, back-to-back 300-yard games uh, from Matt Ryan and back-to-back 100-yard games from Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is finally becoming a part of this offense. Ridley kind of went down late in the game, uh, but this is now two weeks in a row. Kyle Pitts is a force for Matt Ryan to throw the ball to. You also have Cordero Patterson, who's had a great season. Mike Davis, who, you know, gives you a change of pace at that back, uh, in that backfield. Uh, You know, their defense obviously isn't very great. They gave up, I think it was four touchdowns to Tua. Um, But they do enough for the offense to then go out and make something happen. And it's about time we see Atlanta's offense finally going out and making something happen. It's it's kind of a tough test against Carolina um, because, you know, we saw what they could do those first three weeks of the season. They've fallen off since then. They've played decent teams until last week when they lost to the one-win Giants. Uh, and then, you know, Atlanta, they're two wins in a row against not great teams. Uh, but it is what it is. So this one's going to actually, I think, be very close. It's going to be a nail-biter, and it's kind of a hard one to choose, uh, if I'm being honest. Then we have Tennessee sitting at 5-2 and two against Indianapolis sitting at 3-4. and four. If you look at the Titans, they're on fire. They won 27-3 against the Chiefs. That makes it three straight wins. One against Jacksonville, one against Buffalo, and now against Kansas City. They've scored 98 total points in those three games. It's pretty good. Uh, it's a lot of points. Their offense is averaging 366 yards and only two turnovers, while their defense is forcing six turnovers and nine sacks throughout these three games. Looking very good. Derrick Henry on fire. Uh, Ryan Tannehill finally starting to find a rhythm. Uh, you know, it helps when you have all of your weapons uh, back. You have A.J. Brown. You have Julio Jones. A.J. Brown had a huge week. Um, and this offense is rolling. And now this defense as well, just to add on top of it, um, you know, the first few weeks of the season, it was like, okay, if they're going to do anything, it's going to be Derrick Henry. Well, now this offense uh, and the passing game is starting to get moving, starting to get going. All the chemistry is starting to come together. Uh, and then, you know, 
you just add Derrick Henry on top of it. They're looking great, and they're on fire beating Buffalo, who was considered the top team uh, in the division. Kansas City, who at any point, honestly, can score 40, 50 points, but they just haven't been doing that this year. Um, And, you know, Jacksonville is Jacksonville. Uh, But the Titans looking pretty good. And up against their divisional opponent, the Indianapolis Colts, who won 38 or 30 to 18 uh, versus the 49ers on Sunday night. They've now won two straight. Um, they won against Houston, and they won against the 49ers. Uh, so that's two straight wins. Almost was three if you look all the way back to when they played Baltimore and they lost in overtime. Uh, played very well in that game. And Baltimore's looking great. They didn't look great last week, but they're looking pretty good. And the Colts go in and almost beat them in that game. And then they roll off two in a row. Uh, And 30-18 to is a pretty convincing score. 12 points. Uh, Carson Wentz playing pretty well. Uh, He has 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, and an interception. And his only interception this season actually came in the last game. Um... If, if you didn't see it, just don't bother looking it up. It is absolutely atrocious. He's trying to scramble, runs out of the pocket, uh, is getting sacked, and decides to try to shovel pass it, and shovel passes it directly to the defender in front of him. I don't know why he didn't just go down or what. I don't know what he was trying to do, but it looked awful. But other than that, he's looking pretty good this season. Uh, and then Jonathan Taylor. He's really come alive. He has three 100-yard games this season, uh, rushing games this season, and six total touchdowns. Um, And he's also getting a lot of work through the air, making a lot of plays through the air. He, uh, I think two weeks ago, had like a 70-yard touchdown uh, reception. So he's he's also coming alive, looking fantastic. who to take in this game? I mean, the Titans are hard to bet against because they've looked real good the past three weeks. And, you know, you take into account they looked really good against Buffalo. They route the Chiefs, and they're scoring 98 points per game. Their defense is on fire. Everything's starting to come together. It's hard to bet against them. But the Colts, you know, they're playing they're playing tough football. And if they go in and play the Titans tough, there's a chance that they could pull off the upset. Now we move on to less interesting game because it's going to be a blowout. Uh, you have Miami taking on Buffalo. Miami's one and six. Buffalo is four and two. Uh, we spoke of it earlier. Dolphins lost thirty to twenty-eight against Atlanta. They have lost six straight, and their only win was against New England in Week One, and. I mean, it sort of looks impressive now because now New England is playing a little better, but week one they were not. Uh, And if you look at where this team is, 28th on offense, 31st on defense. They only averaged 227 passing yards per game and 80 rushing yards uh, per game. And then defensively, they give up nearly 300 yards passing, over 100 yards rushing, and nearly 30 points per game. 
They're minus two in turnover differential. So just as a whole, this team is not good. They're not playing good football. They're not going out and getting the job done. They're giving up more than they're getting. Uh, so something's got to change. Uh, if you look at Tua's numbers, he's got 620 passing yards, six touchdowns, and three interceptions since his injury. So I think that's maybe two two games back. Uh, so he's he's really getting a lot going, uh, especially four touchdowns this past week. He did everything he could to make the make this game happen for Miami. Uh, just didn't get a lot of help otherwise. And going in against the Bills, coming off of a bye, uh, and coming off of a loss. So they lost, then they had the bye, they lost to Tennessee 34-31. to So they've had now an extra week to stew about that loss, uh, especially because uh, you should have kicked a field goal. If you kicked a field goal, you probably won the game. Uh, but anyway... So they've had some time to stew about it. Their offense uh, is averaging 411 yards per game and 33 points per game. Uh, Josh Allen, ninth in the league in passing, fifth in passing touchdowns. And then the tandem of Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, has combined for 61 receptions, 876 yards, and six touchdowns. Uh Everything for this offense, everything uh, looks great. They've got Zach Moss, who's actually stepped up and been a valuable part in that backfield. Uh, Dawson Knox, who who knows when he's going to be back. He's, you know, dealing with an injury. Uh, but you have Sanders and Diggs just going out, being big-time targets for Josh Allen. It's looking good. And then defensively, they are number one. The number one defense, um, only giving up 130 passing yards per game, 89 rushing yards, and 16 points per game. They are plus 11 in turnover differential. Um, I mean, it's pretty simple. If you take the ball away and score out of it, you're going to win football games. And um, I, I don't think Miami really has any sort of shot in this game. Then we move on to another game where a team has no shot. Cincinnati at 5-2 against the New York Jets at 1-5. The Bengals just beat the hell out of Baltimore 41-17. Their offense is averaging 369 per game and 27 points per game. Defensively, they're number 9 actually. They are kind of a quietly really good defense. Um, And they only allow 18 points per game. nearly a 10 point difference uh average wise for points scored versus poison against and then you know if you look at their offense joe burrow sixth in passing yards with uh 1900 fourth in passing touchdowns with 17 uh he does have eight interceptions but you know it's it's something you can forgive when you're winning football games you look at jamar chase uh, he is the wide receiver three in fantasy, uh, which you know means he's getting a lot of statistics. He's number four in the league in touchdowns. Um, he has five weeks with a touchdown and three games of 100 yards or more. One of those games was a 200-yard game. And as a rookie, is number two right now in the league in receiving yards. Um, 
and he has six weeks. Himself and Joe Burrow both have six weeks with 40-yard either completion or reception, um, and most of those are going for touchdowns. So you have the big play threat in Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, that chemistry between the two. Something you expected to see because of how they played uh, in LSU. It's really paying off right now. The team's looking good. And again, this defense is quietly one of the better defenses in the league. Looking at the Jets, they lost 54-13 against New England. Zach Wilson uh, got injured. He's going to be out for about two to four weeks. So really the only really talented piece you have on your team is now gone. Uh I would not be surprised if the Jets don't even score for the next two to four weeks. Um, They're 31st in offense, 13 points per game. That's with Zach Wilson. So now you take him out of the equation and you think you're going to magically start scoring points? I don't think so. Uh, Their defense allows 402 yards per game and 30 points per game. Uh, They're also not very good. But again, if your offense is 31st, that means they're not moving the ball. A lot of three and outs, you're going to be on the field a lot. And when you're already not one of the better defenses and you're out on the field all the time, it's going to wear you down. Uh, But the Jets do have two losses by one possession. Their average loss margin is 19 points. Yikes. And their minus eight in turnover differential. Um... You know, I think for the next two to four weeks, you could bet against the Jets, um, regardless of who they're playing. They could play Miami, and I'd probably take Miami over the Jets. Um, so I, the Bengals look real good. The Jets don't. Take that for what you will. Now we have Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Pittsburgh at 3-3, three and three, Cleveland at 4-3. and three. The Steelers are coming off of a bye, uh, but they just won in week six against Seattle, 23-20. to 20, uh, 27th-ranked offense, 12th-ranked defense. Uh, they're minus two in turnover differential. But one of the biggest parts of their success right now is Najee Harris. He has three games with 100 scrimmage yards um, and two of those games back-to-back. And then Deontay Johnson has three games of nine receptions and three games with a touchdown. Three games with nine receptions, yes. In three games with a touchdown. They're looking absolutely great. You know, if you look at their average yards, uh, passing yards versus their defense's average passing yards, they're actually losing in all of those categories. They have two less passing yards per game. Uh, let's see, 26 less rushing yards and are being outscored 19 to 22 on average. But they're sitting here at 3 and 3 playing pretty good football. Uh you know, it's kind of hard. They're an offense that should be really good, but when you have Big Ben as your quarterback, you never know what you're going to get and you that means you have to heavily rely on Najee Harris, a rookie running back. Um but you do have a very close to top 10 defense, so that should help things. 
if you look at the Browns, they won 17 to 14 against Denver, uh, but they were missing a lot of pieces. They were missing Baker Mayfield. They were missing Nick Chubb. They were missing Kareem Hunt. They were missing some offensive linemen. They were missing people on defense. Um, so a lot of pieces missing. The fact that they still come out with the win is just a testament to how pathetic the Broncos are right now. Um, but if you look at the record for the Browns, uh, the record of wins from their t- the teams that they've played, it's 10-17. and 17. They have zero teams that they've won against that have a winning record. Uh, and the record of the people they've played and lost is 14-6. and six. So, you know, the games they're losing are to good teams. But the games they're winning aren't. They're against teams who have either a losing record or they're sitting at uh, 500. I mean, if you look at the Steelers right now, they're sitting at 500. So this is a game you should expect Cleveland to win, but they're not playing very good football. Uh, I mean, I take that back. They are playing good football. They're just in some shootout games, uh, and they're not coming in in the clutch. Uh, Hopefully they have all their pieces back. If they don't have their pieces back, this game could easily sway over to the Steelers' side. But if you have Baker Mayfield back in your lineup, you have Nick Chubb back, uh, Kareem Hunt's back, you have your whole offensive line, if they have most of those pieces back this week, it could be a fairly easy game against uh, Pittsburgh. If not, who knows? Uh, but Pittsburgh, they've been sitting around making games out of out of every game they are playing. So this is, this is an interesting one to watch, especially because it's a divisional matchup as well. Let's see. All right. A few more morning games. We have the 2-5 Philadelphia Eagles versus the 0-7 Detroit Lions. Eagles lost last week 33-22 against Las Vegas. Their last win was in Week 5 versus Carolina. We talked about Carolina earlier, how they're not playing well through this past stretch of games. Uh, The Eagles offense it's dragging pretty hard. I mean, they're 21st uh, overall, 347 yards per game, 22 points per game. They lost to San Francisco in week two, which during week two, San Francisco was a pretty good football team. They lost to Dallas in week three, who's sitting at five and one. They uh, lost to Kansas City in week four. (coughs) I mean... It's Kansas City. You never know what you're going to get with them this season. But then they lost to Tampa Bay Week 6, and they lost to Vegas in Week 7. Tampa Bay is 6-1. Vegas is 4-2. So what I'm trying to say here is the Eagles are doing okay, but they're just losing to really good teams. So we know since they're losing to really good teams, they're not a really good team. But against middle-of-the-pack teams, teams like the Lions, there's a great chance they're probably going to either make it close or win those games. Uh, Defensively, they're kind of towards the bottom middle-of-the-pack, sitting at 17th, giving up 26 points per game. Uh, If you look at Jalen Hurts, He's the number two quarterback in fantasy right now. Again, meaning he scores a lot of points. Uh, 
He's sitting at 15 total touchdowns, over 2,000 yards. But the big problem for the Eagles right now is just a lack of execution. You look back at all of these games that they lost, execution is the problem. Uh, you know, Dallas, that was a pretty good game, but uh, – or no, it was not a good game. That was not a good game. Dallas whooped the shit out of them. Uh, but Tampa Bay, you saw – I mean, any of these games, you see their offense kind of have an idea of what they want to do, but lack of execution – killing their drives they just aren't putting things together uh but against the lions i think they could get get on track the lions lost last week 28 19 against the rams they have the 25th ranked offense uh only producing 18 points per game uh in the 25th ranked defense giving up 28 points per game Minus three turnover differential. Uh, Jared Goff, he is what we thought he would be. He has only had one 300-yard game, and he's had an interception in the last five games. Uh, DeAndre Swift, he's underproducing. Uh, only three yards per carry. He does have five touchdowns, so that's pretty decent. But a lack of wide receiver power and TJ Hawkinson underperforming kind of contributes to Goff, not not producing right now and that is kind of a big factor they don't have any wide receiver weapons their weapons are tj hawkinson deandre swift and now they're underutilizing uh jamal williams they're not really having him in the game at all uh so when this offense just doesn't have any sort of firepower not a lot's going to happen for you um so, again, I think the Eagles can take it this week just because it's the Lions. Um, but the Lions, you know, they made it interesting for a little bit against the Rams, and they only lost by nine. So, who knows? They could make this game rather competitive. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen, <laughs> we've seen winless teams go in and shock people, so... Uh, that that could be something to look out for. Now we got the Rams sitting at six and one against the Texans sitting at one and six. The Rams, as we just said, uh, won against the Detroit Lions, twenty-eight to nineteen. They have the number eight ranked ranked offense, uh, sitting at about four hundred yards per game, almost thirty points per game. Uh, Okay, and but their defense is kind of underperforming. But they're playing a lot of good teams. Uh, they're 21st on defense, giving up 373 uh, per game and 20 points per game. Uh, they have only one game uh, decided by one possession. So whether it was their loss or a win, only one game has been relatively close. Uh they're playing really well. You have Matt Stafford, who has four 300-yard games, uh, four three-touchdown games. Cooper Cup is a big reason for that uh, because he has four 100-yard four 100-yard games, four two-touchdown games, and kind of a shocker here. Uh, you didn't expect 
you know, a whole lot from this guy. But Daryl Henderson uh, Jr. is averaging 4.3 a carry and has five touchdowns. So unlike DeAndre Swift, who's only, you know, averaging three yards, four, if you get four yards per touch as a running back, they give you the ball three times, that's a first down. So he's playing very well. Uh, and is really becoming a good piece of this offense. Then you look at the Texans. They lost 31-5 to against Arizona. Uh, you know, Davis Mills has been in for quite a while now. He's started since week three. Uh, and this is the lineup of defenses he's had to face. Carolina, who's the number three defense. Buffalo, who's the number one defense. Uh, Indianapolis, the number 15 defense. And Arizona, the number four defense. Through those games, he's had just over 1,000 yards, five touchdowns, and seven interceptions. You can't really fault this guy for much because he's doing the best he can against really good defenses. Uh, And when he's not getting any help behind him, it's going to be tough. The rushing offense only averages 3.1 yards a carry, and the only target he has is Brandon Cooks, who has 58% 58% of Davis Mills' targets, uh, along with 500 yards and a touchdown. And then you look at their defense, uh, they're allowing 392 uh, passing, or no, 392 yards per game and 30 touchdowns. Um, but their defense is top 10 in interceptions, uh, you know, defensively. So, they're going to have to get a lot of those. They're going to have to make a lot of that happen against the Rams to even have a shot in this one. Uh, but this Rams offense is very high-powered. They look really good, uh, as I thought they would with Matt Stafford. I'm going to say it every week. I love Matt Stafford playing for the Rams. It's just a lot of fun to watch, and finally great to see him get into a situation where he can be the gunslinger he is. Moving on to San Francisco versus Chicago. Uh, San Francisco's two and four. Chicago is three and four. Uh, the Niners have lost four in a row now. Three of those by one possession. Not this past week though. Thirty to eighteen against Indy is how they lost. Uh, their offense is only averaging, or I guess it's a pretty decent average, three hundred and forty-three yards per game, uh, but nine turnovers, and their defense giving up just under three hundred yards and three turnovers in those four games. So, I mean, uh, I don't know what to think about the Niners. I, I love Debo Samuel. Their backfield's a mess. Their quarterback situation's a mess. Their defense isn't doing what they should be doing. You know, they have a lot of pieces on that defense. Not doing enough. Um, so, If you're going to have a bounce back week at all, it needs to be this week against the Bears. And you have a chance because their offense is not good either. If we look at the Bears, they lost 38-3 against Tampa Bay, the 32nd ranked offense. But they have the 10th ranked defense. So that is what's kept them in a lot of games, and that's why they're 3-4. They only average 124 passing yards, 131 rushing yards, and 14 points per game. Justin Fields is not good, people. He's only average, or he only has a 57% completion percentage, three total touchdowns, six interceptions, and 150 yards per game. 
This offense is terrible. Their coaching's terrible. Justin Fields is terrible. Everything about the Bears is bad. All of it. And, I mean, their defense, sure, they're pretty good. But if your offense cannot score, cannot move the ball, you're not going to win games. I don't know how they have a 3-4 and four record because their offense is absolutely atrocious. I think the Niners this week should be able to get on the horse and, you know, put themselves back into the running for some sort of wild card spot uh, in their division. The Bears should not have a 3-4 and four record. That offense is, oh man, it just irritates me how bad their offense is. Um, and Matt Nagy needs to be fired immediately as well. He's turning into Adam Gase this year. Uh, and no one likes Adam Gase. Moving on to New England and the Chargers starting off your Sunday afternoon. Got to look at the Patriots. They won 54-13 against the Jets. Um, so now they sit at 3-4. and four. Their losses are to Miami by 11, New Orleans by 15. So those are pretty bad losses. Jump ahead to their two most recent losses. Tampa Bay by 2 and Dallas by 6. They're starting to put things together. They're starting to look really good. And, I mean, it, it's just fun to watch. Uh, Mac Jones, he was my pick as the best uh, rookie quarterback coming in this year. Uh, if you look at the offense, they're averaging 335 yards per game, 259 passing yards, 95 rush yards, and 25 points per game. Their defense isn't as good Uh giving up 350 yards per game, 245 through the air, and 105 on the ground, uh, but only 20 points per game. Jones is playing really well. Uh, Damian Harris is stepping up for that backfield. Um, you even had Brandon Bolden, uh, another running back, but he got super involved in the pass game this week. You know, you have Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, uh, They've got all the weapons, all the young pieces in place. Now they just got to continue to put it together. Uh, and they're coming in against the Chargers, who uh, had a bye last week and are coming in off their loss to Baltimore, 34-6. to Did not look very good. Looked almost like back in week one when they just couldn't do anything offensively. That's how it looked against the Ravens. Uh, if you look at Justin Herbert on the season, 1,700 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. Austin Eckler has 598 uh, all-purpose yards, seven touchdowns. Mike Williams, who's taken over uh, the receiving core, has 500 yards and six touchdowns. And then Keenan Allen, still can't forget about him, has 419 yards and a touchdown. So this offense, before the last... Uh, before the Baltimore game was on fire. Going in against the Patriots who give up 350 yards per game, 245 of those are through the air. I think Herbert and, the, Herbert and this entire offense can get something going. Uh, and their defense is also pretty decent when it comes to getting sacks. They have 13. Interceptions, they have six. And forcing fumbles, they have three. Uh, what they're not good at 
is actually stopping people. They give up 364 yards per game and 25 points per game. So this is a game that I fully expect to be a shootout. Neither one of these defenses is very good. Uh, the Patriots, you know, just went out and scored 54 in this last game. They showed they know how to move the ball as an offense. The Chargers, we know, can move the ball as an offense. Uh, so this one, I'm really hoping it's fun to watch. I hope it's, you know, a Kansas City uh, versus Rams type of game where those two teams went off for however many points uh, a few years ago. Who to pick? Can't give you that answer. Uh, you know, I just know it's going to be fun to watch. I think the Patriots offense finally is getting going. The Chargers offense is going, so it'll, it'll be a good game. Then if we look at uh, the next game, it's Jacksonville versus Seattle. Jacksonville's coming off a bye. Uh, their first win the week before that uh, to Miami, 23-20. to their offense is averaging 356, uh, 356 yards per game, which is pretty decent. But then they're only averaging 19 points per game when their defense is giving up 412 yards and 28 points per game. If we look at Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick, he's supposed to be great. He has four games with only one touchdown and only 203, two 300-yard passing games. So he... You know, he's not doing terrible, but he's also not doing great. Uh, one guy that they're finally getting into their system, James Robinson, has 576 yards and five touchdowns. I don't know why they took so long to, you know, get him so involved, but they did uh, finally start getting him in there, and now they're seeing why he was such a force last year. And then if you look at Marvin Jones, he had his first 100-yard receiving game against Miami, uh, but he has four weeks with at least five catches or more. He's kind of that main target for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and hopefully, you know, in a game against the Seahawks, who haven't looked good either, uh, hopefully the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, maybe they can string wins together right here. Um and, you know, not look absolutely pitiful. You had the Seahawks, who lost to New Orleans. Uh, there's only so much that they can do when you're missing Chris Carson, you're missing Russell Wilson, and Geno Smith is your quarterback. I mean, there's really not a whole lot you can do. They did their best last night, uh, but really the only play they had was a long 84-yard touchdown to DK. Besides that, they didn't have a whole lot of offense to show. Um, I mean, their defense did all right, but it was against the Saints, whose offense really doesn't move the ball all that much. They just count on their defense getting them the ball back and then scoring. Uh, so this is going to be one that the Seahawks should win. If Russell Wilson was here, if uh, Chris Carson was here, all the weapons were here, the Seahawks would easily win it. Now that it's Geno Smith, I think the Jaguars have a chance to string together another win. Then we got Tampa Bay versus New Orleans, another divisional matchup. Uh, Tampa Bay sitting pretty at 6-1. and one. They just won against Chicago 38-3. to three. They have the number two ranked offense uh, 
in total, number one in passing yards, number three in points. And then if you look on the defensive side of the ball, they're number eight overall as they are number one against the run and only give up 21 points per game. Uh, Last week, Tom Brady threw for his 600th touchdown. Uh, He is currently first in passing yards and first in touchdowns. If you look at all of the weapons around him, you have Antonio Brown, who has three straight games with at least seven catches or more uh, and three touchdowns in three weeks. Uh, he didn't play last week. I believe it was COVID. Uh, may, may not have been a COVID. It might have been actually his leg. Uh, he was dealing with, I believe, a quad or hamstring issue. Uh, but he should be back this next week. Then you have Mike Evans, who had three touchdowns in the game uh, against Chicago. He has three games now with multi-touchdowns. Like many, that sounded so weird. He has three games uh, with more than one touchdown uh, this year. And then Chris Godwin has two games of 100, 100 yards or more and five games with at least five catches. So all of these guys looking fantastic. At some point, they're going to get Gronk back, who was a force the first two weeks. Uh, And Tom Brady just playing, you know, unlike anything else we've ever seen before. Uh, So it's going to be tough for the Saints, who just won last week to the Seahawks, to really pull anything out. They're another offense that isn't fantastic. Uh, They don't put up a lot of yards. Don't put up a lot of points, but every once in a while, Jameis can go in and throw for four touchdowns. Uh, you know, he's looked a lot more patient. Um, they're finally starting to get Alvin Kamara put into this game or into their scheme. I don't understand why it was so hard for them to figure out. Hey, Alvin Kamara is this entire offense, and start giving them the ball. But they have the past couple of weeks. And they've looked pretty good. Uh, I still think it's pretty easily going to be the Bucks week. But you never know. The Saints can make something happen. Now we have absolute garbage time here. Uh, the Washington football team against the Denver Broncos. Wow, this is going to be fun. Uh, Washington lost 24-10 against Green Bay. The 20th ranked offense, 19th ranked defense. That's crazy. They give up 406 yards per game and 30 points, and they have been outscored 151 to 82 in their losses. Just not looking good at all. Uh, the running back situation, you know, you have Antonio Gibson, who is kind of playing. He's in. He's out. He's going to play. He's not going to play. He's got a shin issue. Just get off the damn field. Take care of your injury and then come back and play because you have him on and off the field. You don't know what's going on. Got J.D. McKissick on and off the field, uh, as he would be anyway. But with the uncertainty of what Gibson is doing, it's very hard for them to have that stability uh, either behind or next to Taylor Heineke every week. Uh, But... Their one shining bright spot is Terry McLaurin. He's got 40 catches, 550 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, Had 
an absolutely beautiful catch last week. Uh, and, you know, that game was close for a second. They they were tied, I believe, at either 7 or 10 apiece uh, before Green Bay took off. But then you look at the Broncos. Absolutely pitiful. Seven, lost 17-14 to 14 against a decimated Cleveland team. Uh, but if you look at similar games uh, for the Broncos this season, going up against a team that's like 2-5, and five, uh, you had them play the Giants. They won 27-13. The Jacksonville Jaguars, 23-13. And the New York Jets, 26-0. So with that scheme of things, they should win this game. They should go out and play pretty well and win by more than one possession. Uh, but they have four straight losses to Baltimore, 23-7, Pittsburgh, 27-19, Vegas, 34-24, and now Cleveland last week, 17-14. In those games, they're only averaging 317 yards. They're giving up seven turnovers, and they are 29% on third down. They only complete 29% of third downs. Uh, it's a a lot of three and outs, a lot of not moving the ball, and then when they finally do move the ball, it's already too late uh, because you're losing the game. Uh, you know, last week their defense could not stop anything. Dearness Johnson looked like an absolute stud. He may be, he may not be, but either way, against the Broncos, he looked like an all-pro running back. Uh, they couldn't tackle, they couldn't stop anything. The Broncos did go out and sign a couple of linebackers from uh, various teams to try to, you know, fill the void that they're feeling at linebacker, and hopefully it works. Uh, you know, like I said, this is a game the Broncos should win, but with their trend of their last four games, it's not one I'd be so sure uh, to bet against Washington on. Getting close to the end here, we got Sunday night. Dallas at 5-1 against the Minnesota Vikings at 3-3. Three three. Dallas is coming off of a bye, but they have won five straight, and in Week 6, they beat the Patriots 35-29. Yeah, they are first in total offense, fifth with the pass, second on the ground, and first in points scored. Defensively, they do give up a lot, but when you have the number one offense, it's okay if your defense gives up a little bit. Uh, they give up 381 per game and 24 uh, points per game. But where their defense is really good is they have three defensive touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I believe seven or eight of those belong to Trayvon Diggs. He's an absolute monster over there. Do not throw the ball at him. He will intercept it. And they forced three, uh, forced three fumbles this season, and they have 11 sacks. Looking at the plethora of offensive weapons they have, Dak Prescott has five games with three touchdowns or more and uh, two 400-yard passing games. On the ground, Zeke Elliott finally getting into it. He's got 5.1 per game and six touchdowns. Then CeeDee Lamb has three games with seven catches or more and 497 through the air. And then Dalton Schultz comes out of nowhere, honestly, and has five games, or five of the six games they've played with five receptions or more. And I believe it's been 
three or four straight weeks that he has had um, six receptions. So he's getting heavily targeted. This offense is just moving well. Um, and when on the defensive side of the ball, you're giving up a lot of point or a lot of yards, but you have a defensive secondary who's continually taking the ball away for you. Uh, it's a huge upside for your team. Then you got the Vikings coming off of a bye as well. They also won in Week Six, 34 to 18 against Carolina. Uh, that gives them two straight wins, and in those two straight wins, they have nearly a thousand yards and 53 points. Kirk Cousins is starting to have a really good season. Three 300-yard games. Uh, Dalvin Cook last week, or not last week, but last game against Carolina had 140 rushing yards and a touchdown. And then the tandem of Jefferson and Thielen account for 935 passing yards uh, and eight touchdowns. So between those two, and Kirk Cousins doing what he's doing, uh, this offense is kind of humming as well. And if you look at it, their defense in a few of these games has been pretty good. They've kept a lot of games close. I believe it was they only lost uh, 14-7 to against Cleveland when Cleveland did have everybody. Uh, so they just make, they make games a fight. And, you know, Dallas, as high-powered as they are, could be in trouble against the Vikings. But the Vikings also, with Kirk Cousins, who doesn't make all the best decisions, I feel like he could throw quite a few interceptions with that ball-hawking secondary and Trayvon Diggs for uh, the Cowboys. Then, moving on, finishing up the week uh, to Monday Night Football. Wow. Wow. One thing about Monday Night Football uh, last week and now this week again, Peyton and Eli are back. Uh, so on on Mondays, go to ESPN2 instead. They have their own separate broadcast. It's a lot of fun to watch. Those two give each other a lot of hell. They have a lot of guest stars on there, and it's, it's more enjoyable to watch than listening to the uh, normal broadcast. But the reason I also say that is the New York Giants are playing the Kansas City Chiefs, so Eli will get to talk about his own team for a bit. Uh, the Giants are 2-5. and five. Kansas City is 3-4. and four. Uh, The Giants coming off their pretty big win against Carolina, 25-3. Uh, their defense only allowed 173 yards in that game. They had six sacks and an interception. Um, Their offensive time of possession in that game was 34 minutes uh, as compared to the Panthers' 25 minutes, so they easily won the time of possession uh, battle there. And if you look at their averages, uh, they're doing all right on offense, 352 yards per game, but only 19 points. And when their defense gives up 370 uh, and 25 points, makes it a little difficult for you to win. And, uh, you know, they're missing Saquon. They're missing a lot of their receivers. They, again, didn't have Shepard last week um, and Galladay. But I believe they'll get Shepard back this week. Um, Kadarius Toney probably is still going to be out. They have uh, Darius Slayton. They possibly are going to have uh, Kenny Galladay as well. 
So they'll be almost at full strength. Uh, and Devontae Booker, you know, stepping in in place of Saquon is still looking pretty good. Then you got the Chiefs, who are not looking good. They lost 27-3 against Tennessee. They have the 28th-ranked defense, um, who give up 404 yards per game and 29 points per game. 19-8 is the combined record of their opponents. Uh, so it means they're playing pretty good teams, and you know they're also losing a lot, but that could be a consolation. Uh, but if you look at Mahomes... He's the main problem besides the defense. The defense obviously can't stop anybody. They're a big problem. But Mahomes is tied for 32nd in the league in interceptions. When there's only 32 quarterbacks who normally start per week, that's not good. And he has 11 total turnovers. I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. Their defense is not good. Uh, their offensive line can't hold very well. Mahomes is not making good decisions. Um, this is a game where I think they're still going to beat the Giants, but the Giants have a chance to go out and make the Chiefs look silly, uh, even sillier than they have been, and pull off some sort of crazy upset. We're going to finish out the week here. I have some guaranteed, signed, sealed, and delivered locks for you. Buffalo is going to beat Miami. I think the final score is going to be 45-21. to 21. I think Buffalo wins by 24 against a very weak uh, Miami team. The next one, Cincinnati over the New York Jets. I think uh, Cincinnati wins 31-14. to 14. I think they have a 17-point win there. Uh, you know, the Jets, without their starting quarterback, they're not going to move the ball. Again, I don't know if they would even score this week, uh, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They may score a couple touchdowns, um, but Cincinnati's going to route them as well. And then the Rams over the Houston Texans. Uh, I think the final score is going to be 38-17, to so that would make the Rams win by 21. Uh, those are all easy locking games, uh, you know, Miami, the Jets, Houston, they're not very good. And Buffalo, Cincinnati, and the Rams are three of the best teams in the National Football League. So I think all three of those are an absolute lock. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, tomorrow we will have the Fantasy Show. Uh, so hop in on over for that. And then on Friday we're going to have the Lucky Bets podcast with Dylan Corbett. Uh so make sure to join for that. We are now on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify. And if you're listening on either one of those, you can come over here to YouTube and watch and see all the graphics, all the showy stuff. Um, and then you get to see my pretty face. So, you know, why wouldn't you want to come over here and watch? Uh, but anyway, thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you tomorrow.